Hello, this is Janice Alpert, and welcome to On Purpose, where we talk to very interesting guests, today included, about how they got to where they are now and found their purpose and hoping in hopes of helping you find yours, or if you're on it, to stay on it, even if there's some stumbling blocks. And today we have the very talented Monique McDonald. Hi, Monique. Hi, Janice. It's so nice to meet you and see you. Thank that was you. lovely to be here. Oh, thank you so much for doing this. Um, so as most of my listeners know, I mean, obviously, I, I looked up a little bit about what you do, but I really don't know anything about your background. So why don't we kind of start there? Um, where did you grow up? What was your family like? Tell us a little about yourself. Sure. Well, um, I am an only child and okay. my parents divorced when I was very young. So it was my mother and I against the world. Okay. And my mother happened to be a singer here in New York City. So you were raised in New York City? Um, we moved around quite a bit. Okay. But uh, the story that I'm about to tell happens in New York. I was okay. okay. We moved. I was born in New York and then we moved to Michigan for a little while. And I know y'all were from the, the north, uh, the cent- central time. Yes, we're from, we're from Midwest. No and I, my producer, I'm Chicago. He's Wisconsin. So, yeah, we're Midwesterners. That's right. So we were right outside of Niles in Berrien Springs, Michigan. Okay. For a little while. And then we moved back to New York. And uh, this particular evening, my mom couldn't get a babysitter. And she had a big concert at Columbia University in the wow. cathedral there. What kind, of si- what kind of singer was your mom? My mother was a classical singer, but unlike me, who focused mainly on opera, she did a lot of recital work. Okay. So she loved to sing songs and she had that kind of voice that just wrapped you in love whenever she sang. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so this particular night, whoever was the wrangler of the six-year-old Monique wasn't paying attention. <laughs> and I ran, I broke free and I ran up to the the balcony and it, this cathedral had a huge dome in it. Mm-hmm. And I looked down and I saw my mother singing and she turned into this creature of light and sound i i didn't even recognize her as my mother before and something about the acoustics in the dome they literally vibrated my whole entire little body and i i it was my first what i call musical experience where Mm. music just sort of took over Mm. and um and I was changed, wow. like on a I'll call, level. I'll call that a spiritual moment in your life because not every you know if you don't have the music kind of in you, it might have touched somebody, but not. It sounds like this like really touched you. Yeah, it yeah. really did, and it literally vibrated my whole body. Uh-huh. So I ran down the stairs, and you know she was surrounded by well wishers after the concert, mm-hmm. and I elbowed my way through, and I said. I looked up at her. And the reason why I, I don't remember this, she remembers this. Okay. And I said, are you still my mommy? Oh, that's so sweet. And she looked down, she stopped everything, you know, and she just looked down. She scooped me up and she said, I'll always be Aww. your mom. Aww. And um, that was the first time I really understood the power of the human voice to transform mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. So you see your mom in this concert and then you're thinking, who is she? 
Is she still my mommy? And she reassures you that she is. And were you thinking at that time, maybe someday I'll be a sick? Like what was going through your... Just- no, I really didn't. I, it, I, I really thought she was this magical creature. And I <laughs> couldn't believe that she was my mommy. And, okay. you know, she was always teaching. So although she was right in the next room mm-hmm. teaching singers to sing, growing up, she was kind of not available. Right. Okay. I could hear her. I could hear the students singing. And it was very funny when my friends would come and visit. They'd be like, well, who's dying in the next room? Because was she teaching like were these Broadway stars or Broadway wannabes or were these? Op- she like me, she taught technique. OK. And um, so you could either use it for Broadway or rhythm and blues or classical. Okay. Uh, and the technique is is different because of the different styles uh-huh. but generally the voice works according when the voice works according to the laws of nature there's something very um authentic that happens uh-huh. with working on your voice from that particular aspect okay. and i've now brought this into speaking and i work with singers and speakers today okay. oh okay interesting we'll, we'll get to that all right so while you're growing up mom's not really that uh, available so did you just hang out a lot with friends or how did you? Yeah. And and so much so that the opposite thing happened, Janice, where I was like, well, I could sing since I could talk. Right. We, we had music in the family, so I could always sing. But after that experience, I just didn't think I'd ever be as good as my mother was. Oh, no. Okay. So I went down the um, ambassador track. I had the ear for language, right? The music okay. of language. And I uh, I went to France to study French. because, Real, Like, is this in high school or, or college? I went or? right out of high school. I was 18. Wow. That's pretty brave. So, yeah. so all during high school, were you thinking, I want to do something with language? I mean, like, was this something I in your... Was, I was really not sure what I was going to do. Okay. Uh, I just was trying to survive. I was dealing with being biracial mm-hmm. in a time where it was, it, yeah, I remember thinking, I just wish I was normal, like either black or white, this mm-hmm. what are you question that I was right. dealing with. Right. Oh, unlike, I, unlike now where everything is so calm and everybody gets along so well, but this isn't a political <laughs> show. But that being said, I don't know that we've grown as much as we'd like to. But go ahead. So you had it right. You're by right. Well, I have to. I have to agree with you, Janice. It's, yeah. it's it's an interesting time that we're living in now. Yes. And I but, at you know, in high school, all you want to do is fit in. Totally. Right? totally. And I just was sticking out a lot. That, I bet that oh. was tough. Yeah, it was tough. So going to college in France was really a blessing for me because I no longer had to sort of defend how I looked and explain, you know, which self defense are you on? Right. So France was more, um, whatever word you want to use, open, more liberal, more. For sure. And I was what my passport said. I was American. Right. That was so I all of a sudden had this clear answer to a question that had been just so difficult for me in high school. Mm -hmm. I bet. Mm-hmm. Right. So and, said, where are you or who are you? Oh, well, I'm a, I'm from America. I'm American. So then it was easy. You didn't have to go any further than that. 
Nice. That's so was right. the palace. And so I was in Paris and uh, we in Paris. We met Mademoiselle. Yes. I love we, Paris. We, yeah. Um, in Paris, I was what they called Matisse, which was, you know, the more exotic, the better, which was, you know, oh. was, I was sort of all of a sudden elevated because of this thing that had caused me so much pain mm-hmm. in my high school years. Did you take French in high school? I'm just curious. Or No, I took oh, Spanish. You- oh, <laughs> so you went to France not knowing the language, not knowing a word. Mm-hmm. And did you go by yourself? I did. I went by myself. Right, young lady. All right, so now you're in college, uh, like the I University of Paris, or just like, uh, was it a college? I, was, I went to a private school in, um, in uh, right in the, on the border of Switzerland and France in okay. the German mountain range for the first year. Beautiful. Then, yes, it was. It was I'm, gorgeous. And then I moved to Paris and I went to the L'Alliance Française which is a language school. And I was a fille pair or a nanny oh. during the day. And I, that was, thinking, I was going to say, did you work? I mean, how did you know? So you worked and went to school. I, wor- I went to school at night and I worked during the day taking care of this little French girl who was about three or four years old. So she used to correct my French. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love children. I'll say it like it is. Yes. <laughs> and we became really, really bonded. And, uh, and then my mom got sick and I had to move back to take care of her. And um, and that's when I started to seriously, she got better. I, you know, okay. took, you know, you go home and take care of mommy. Yeah. And, um, nice. and she had created her own school where she had, you know, coaches from all over the world coming to coach her singers and actors coming in. To get so she was quite an entrepreneur, especially for her time. And right. Yeah, that's like unbelievable. And in the arts, which was and not, the, you know. Yes, not easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you had a role model of someone that said, I'm going to do what I love and I'm going to make a living at it and make it happen. So that's kind of what you watch, even though, you know, she might not have always been there for you. You still had an unbelievably, you know, for a female, especially role model. That's yeah. pretty amazing. Yep. Really amazing. Mm-hmm. And she was beloved. She was beloved by her students and by everybody who met her and, you know, actually. And and so then I started to sing. I started to take lessons from one of her students. Okay, I was going to say from your mom. I was serious or not, you know. Yeah. So you purposely didn't take it from your mom because that could have caused many of uh, fights because mother daughter. Yes. Yes, you 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 know the story, Janice. I, yeah, well, not re- but I know I know many of the stories, not that one in particular. But I do know how mothers and daughters can sometimes love each other more than life, of course, but also bash heads. Yes, yes. And so I went on to study with her, mm-hmm. and just as you described, we had our moments. I bet. <laughs> Did you live at home at that point, or were you living with her? I. I, d- I was not living with her. Um, that Probably would a smart been. move. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the face. Look at the face. Like, no. It's like, I remember when I when I graduated college and my ex-husband and I were just talking about this, about how he proposed. I went, what do you mean proposed? I said to you, listen, I'm that- not going back to live at home. I'm going to get a teaching job. And so either we get married in August or sometime this summer or I need to find an apartment. So he kind of went, okay, well, I guess we'll get married. And so we did. 
Um, but one of my, not that I didn't love him and want to be married to him, but one of my main motivations was I wasn't going back, not that my parents were nice enough people. I just, it was better if we didn't live together. So, yeah. Yeah. So I understood it. it, Absolutely. And because we shared this passion, Mm -hmm. um, and, and something really beautiful happened in our relationship that was, uh, unusual, mm-hmm. I think, because she became my best friend, oh, how nice. and she she was my biggest champion. You know, Ch- you know, Janice, someone who believes in you, even yeah, when, when you can't believe in yourself. Like it only, you know, over the years, I've had many um, as a therapist. You know, I've done this for over forty years, so um, I'll hear many stories of kids who come from very difficult families, and they'll say. But, you know, I had an aunt or I had a grandma or I had a cousin or I had a whomever, a family friend. And just having that one person believe in me. And if it can be your mom, then 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 yay. Then it's like, you know, you get triple points. But if we have one person in our life who really believes in us, even when we're we're doubting ourselves, then that certainly helps us on our path. Yeah. So your mom really does. It really does. And so because at first it was like. I was so emotional. I couldn't do anything right. She was yes. very much engaged, as you can imagine, and me I getting bet. the things right. We, I, I had to grow up, and our relationship had to really redefine itself. Okay, where we were, we became professionals working together. Wow, and and that was that made our relationship deepen in a way that I never could have imagined, mm. and. I then went on to sing. I won my first competition. And, and your uh, and your genre, though, was, you said, I think opera. opera. That's so you right. started it out. So how about this point, you're like in your 20s where you decide to go. I, I was in my early 30s. Oh, wow. OK, so you spent a good eight, 10 years practicing your skill yeah. underneath. Your and, mouse. Uh, well, I, and I also spent some time in Europe right before I got home. So, oh, OK. Did a little traveling, huh? Yeah, a lot of traveling. Oh, and living. I lived in Paris for almost three years. Okay, so, so that um, was a great experience. Oh so, right. So then you came home, and under your mom's kind of coaching staff and her own tutelage, you felt like, okay, now I can really do singing. Like, were you thinking, like, now this is my passion? Like, now I know what I want to do. Was like their yeah. feeling inside. That's, okay, that's exactly what happened. I I fell in love. I fell in love with the interpretation, oh. right? To like, be able to have this, this energy move through me. Because uh-huh. uh, a lot of times I would not remember what happened after the performance because I was so engaged with, forgive me, being the voice. Yes. You know, so literally this this divine energy was moving through me. And I my job was just to to ride the wave, you know, and try to get out of the way. Hey, I hear you and I believe it. So, yeah, so that must have been so powerful moments. Absolutely. And it turns out I had the perfect guide as my mother, because the technique that she taught was unusual. I found out much later um, of all the techniques, which was very um, natural and very organic and very much according to the laws of nature so that I could do that. 
And so what started to happen is people started noticing me and um, I was singing for tips in, a, in an Italian restaurant, really that, just learning my craft. Right. That's what my next thing was. Well, how did you get out there? Like, did your mom have a marketing strategy? So you started by no. just working in a restaurant. Singing. She was the opposite of a stage mother. Oh, okay. She wanted, in fact, she would, we would always have these conversations of, you know, if there's anything else you want to do, please do it. Okay. <laughs> so so op- the, I was thinking that would be opposite. Easy. Yeah. Opposite of the stage. Well, anybody who knows anything about entertainment, which not that I'm a big aficionado, but I know it's hard and a lot of rejection. A so. lot of rejection. And so what I was doing was I, I found an Italian restaurant. It was called the Romano's Macaroni Grill. <laughs> and we were living in Durham, North Carolina at the time. Okay, so now you're not us. even in New York. So you're in other. No. Okay. I'm, I'm, and, and most people don't know this, but Durham, North Carolina is, is, is nicknamed Fat City USA. Oh, no, I did not know that. Because they're probably... A, 10 to 15, or at the time, I don't know if this is still true, diet programs within a 20-mile radius. I actually did know that because my specialty was, back when I first started, was eating disorder. So I did know that about Durham, North Carolina. Now that that you've clicked that into my memory, I do remember all those diets. Yes. Right? So, and, and, um, and so I'm singing at this Italian restaurant and learning, you know, learning my technique and uh, immediately applying it yes. in this very noisy restaurant with mm-hmm. Italian music playing <laughs> in the background and waiters coming and serving dinner and moving me. I'm in the middle of, you know, of singing my heart out in an aria and then you just like move oh. me over. I, I while they're serving camp. While they're serving macaroni. Yeah, go ahead. It's while they're serving macaroni. And I had this lady who used to come every Friday night uh, and she would drink a decaf cappuccino with skim milk. And of course the waiters hated her because she'd sit there for hours and listen to Monique. Uh, And one day she said, you'll never know how lonely I've been here and coming here and listening to you sing has really changed my life. Oh, I love that. Isn't that beautiful? Beautiful. I have a dear friend and her name is Marilyn Horn who, at the time, was one of the most famous opera singers. I have heard of Marilyn Horn. Yeah, Marilyn Horn is a big deal. My friend Marilyn is coming to one of the diet programs, and I'm <laughs> going to invite her. And she came. Wow! And that was my big break. Oh, see how you, you just now, no diva walks into this macaroni grill. I love how the universe works. That's amazing. Oh, in Durham, North Carolina, because she was going on a diet program. Oh, my. That is hysterical. It really it really was. And so then what happened was she invited me. She had just been appointed uh, the head of the voice department in Santa Barbara, California, at the Music Academy of the West. Mm -hmm. And she invited me to come audition. I got in and there I met the music director of Juilliard. Oh, my goodness. Invited me to come to Juilliard. And then I was very audition phobic. So I took this class outside of Juilliard called uh, the Auditions Project. And the general manager of the New York City Opera happened to be one of the invited guests and heard me sing. So I got hired at New York City Opera and I was learning all the music and being coached for everything at Juilliard. Oh, wow. So even though you were anxious about it, you pushed through. 
And because during all of this, your own inside was saying, I love doing this. This is what I'm meant to do. And I have to do it. Even if I'm nervous or whatever I am, I have to do it. And I was very nervous. I had and 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 I it's something that uh, well, as I continue to tell the story, you'll you'll see I auditioning was put me in front on a stage in front of bunches of people. I was good. Put me in an audition, which is why I took that auditions class. I would, excuse the expression, flush myself down the toilet. Yeah, yeah. No, you'd like friends. I felt judged, right? I I felt this, and it was my own voice judging me. Right. But you were also being judged. So in your defense, there was. Yes, yes. So So I did a lot of inner work in order to what I call now prime my energy to be Mm -hmm. seen and heard so that I wouldn't. But see, that's kind of I love that you're sharing that, because as I've said many times on this you know, podcast, you have a passion. We all do. We have a purpose. But sometimes it may not just come easy, not just sometimes, most times it does not come easy peasy. But if you do the work and you're willing to, then you'll get there. So you knew that you had to do some inner work. It sounds like you did it. And then you do it. And then so then I got into Juilliard. I got hired at New York City Opera. Someone heard me at my debut at City Opera and hired me for the leading role in Porgy and Bess. Oh, my One of the leading roles. So I wasn't Bess, but I was the second lead. And that took me to Europe. They were. And I started touring all over Europe. And then um, I auditioned for an opera house in Bologna, Italy. And I sang my first... Posca, which is the this the title role, and that was my other first big break in Europe. And then my career just started taking off. And my mom was teaching me and with me every step of the way. I mean, before there was Zoom, there was Skype, right? So right, I remember Skype, sure. For lessons, she'd warm me up before every performance. Oh, how and I what? How special is that? It was very special. And I and I toured the world, including Japan and uh, and started having this amazing career. Um, And as far as the whole just to circle back, the whole biracial thing that wasn't even like people just accepted you for who you were. And well, that was that was an interesting little thing in the story of all of a sudden I was, uh, you know, I got to do Porgy and Bess here in New York City at New York City Opera. And they they changed my makeup because I according to them, I looked like a white woman singing at Carnegie Hall. And I oh, you were you were black. And the, you were black. Yeah, I wasn't black enough. Oh, OK. So, life is crazy. Things life- always come back. Right. Crazy. It's like life gives you these things to just sort of I, I like to call it a pop quiz mm-hmm. from the universe. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've you've healed from this. So it just comes up one more time for yep. healing. Exactly. Uh, and then uh, I, I I I did my first uh, Grammy, my project that was nominated for a Grammy. Uh, I did. A so I said Monique is, Monique is famous. She was Grammy nominated. <laughs> That's amazing for an opera song or. Well, it was classical music. He was a, an American composer called Ned Roram and the Library of Congress commissioned him to write a, a, a work of um, 30 songs 
uh, and we debuted it at the Library of Congress. Wow. And turns out I was the unknown soprano for his 75th birthday celebration, which was this event at the Library of Congress. Okay. And my mother happened just happened to be the unknown soprano for his 50th birthday oh at lincoln center okay so we like that gig. love that oh right. my god love it that gig brought us all back together and um you know my career started to really really take off and then i got the call that my mom had been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer oh i'm sorry oh how devastating and Janice, I, I, that's really the only word for it. Yeah. I first canceled everything. I was mm-hmm. in Europe when I heard the news and came home and sh- almost six months to the day. Wow. The I know it's a deadly disease. It's so horrible. And I was devastated. I was, I didn't even know who I was. Yeah. Well, I she's such an integral part of your, of your life. Not just personally, but professionally. Oh, my goodness. So that must have been an extraordinary huge loss. It was. Mm-hmm. And I really lost myself. And I, I didn't want to sing anymore. I just didn't want to do the career without her. And I just... How long ago was this? This was five years ago. Oh, so this is fairly recent then. So five years ago, you thought, I'm not singing anymore. So what am I, I guess the next question is, what am I going to do with myself? Well, you know, I hadn't even gotten to that question. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was fully in grief and just totally depressed and in bed, flipping through Netflix one day. Mm-hmm. And came across Tony Robbins, I'm Not Your Guru, his documentary. Mm-hmm. I know Tony Robbins, Sure. And two things happened to me that day. The first was I found out that Tony Robbins had a training center where he trained coaches to coach in the way that he coaches. It's a very specific way of doing life coaching called strategic intervention. Mm -hmm. And I signed up immediately. Okay. And then he was having problems with his voice and he could only be on stage for a few hours at a time. And in the documentary, he was doing vocal exercises. And it occurred to me, I said to myself, okay, that's good information, but I'm an opera singer. I I sing in theaters that seat a thousand people or more with no microphone. Yeah. I know how the voice works. What if I get to the next Tony Robbins? What if I get to the next person who has a big message that Mm -hmm. can make big impact in the world and teach them how to take care of their voice, how to speak according to the laws of nature, mm-hmm. how to prepare themselves to be right. seen and heard, how to do all the things that I had to learn how to do when I couldn't audition, uh-huh. right? All the things that I had to figure out. And that got me out of bed. Wow. And so from that you took his class and or you or you just within yourself said I could I'm going to do this or how did you take his class and I and I got certified in that and another certification for uh, life coaching which permanently erases trauma. Okay. It's called conscious trans conscious transformational coaching. I'm one of ten people in the world that practice that, uh, and I created the Magnetic Voice Group, which is my business and. And what in, in your business now? So it's called the Magnetic Voice. 
So what is it? Are you doing any singing now or is it just coaching? Although I have to admit, it's it's interesting. I just started singing again. I, I okay. What happened was I, I stopped singing in the way that professionally, in the way that I was. And I started volunteering around here in New York in hospitals okay. and senior centers. And I just, so I stopped singing for money, basically. Okay. Singing for my heart mm-hmm. and for healing. Hey, and- singing for our heart and healing is priceless. So great. And so now I train speakers how to stand in their power and speak from their heart mm-hmm. and authentically create their signature talks, their presentations, mm-hmm. and help them create a magnetic aura so that okay. they can attract their ideal client. I love I love the magnetic. I think that's a great uh, name. Love it. All right. Yeah, so, and and the re- the reason I came up with it is because uh, a lot I I believe you know that it factor. There's something uh-huh. when someone is speaking from their heart and truly authentically passionate about whatever it is they're sharing. They 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 become compelling. They mm-hmm. they become captivating. Yes. And and most people don't believe that can be taught. Most people don't believe charisma can be taught. Mm-hmm. And. In my research, as I started to work with these speakers and teach them what I had to learn in order to get over my my issues with auditioning and being seen and feeling judged, all of a sudden they started to feel freer within themselves, get more confidence, you know, had tools to deal with imposter syndrome. And um, and so now my clients become the favorite speaker wherever they go. And I'm specializing in speakers and entrepreneurs who have a big message, but have been hiding. Okay. And there are many, I'm sure, you know, who might be listening, who have in their heart of hearts, like I've got a message, but I'm afraid for a variety of reasons. And Monique in her magnetic uh, way might be the uh, answer. So from, from, in your heart and soul, feeling like I'm a, I'm going to be a singer, and and then you did do that, and then this devastation happened with your mom, and then you ultimately did pivot. So, like, do you feel like now you're kind of following your path and your purpose? Well, you know, it's so interesting how how the universe just rushes in to partner us when when we do become clear. Because I was very lost. Uh, mom. No, it's I can imagine. Sure, I didn't want to sing, and I didn't know. I was so used to being the one in the spotlight. I didn't mm-hmm. know if I'd be any good at being a right. coach. I, it was something that I realized, you know, because I had been working with singers up and, up until then, not mm-hmm. a lot, but quite a few. And I was always dealing with, you know, the the instrument is the whole being. It's yes. not just the voice, right? Mm-hmm. They have to be standing within themselves and believe in themselves in order to allow that voice to come and move through them. So um, so this sort of went hand in hand. This certification and the coaching and the life coaching went hand in hand in that. And so now I am applying all of that to the singers that I work with, mm-hmm. the speakers that I work with. And just recently... I've decided that I must start singing again. And okay. so I'm vocalizing every day 
And I realized that my purpose is to use my voice Mm -hmm. for healing. Okay. When I sing Hearts Open, and it's been that way since I was a little girl. Mm -hmm. But the piece that I didn't know until after mom died was that I can train people to do that with their own voice. That when they speak, hearts will open. Beautiful. When they connect to the to their message, yeah, or their truth, that literally their voice can vibrate the world, just like my mom's did when I was a little girl. Exactly, vibrating my whole being, and I am on a mission now to empower thousands of voices because I don't know about you, Janice, but I really believe that the world is in need of strong, authentic voices. Please. Now, more than ever. Are you kidding me? We do. I always, you know, I have clients coming in and saying, how do you keep an optimistic attitude with so much going on in the world? And I go, you know what? I Here's what I can do. I can promote love. And, yes. and that's what I'm going to do. And so I send, I do my own prayer and meditation every day. And I always just send out love. And so in whatever I do in my work, it's always about love and healing. And uh, it just takes one person, each of us just to do our part. And then we send that out into the world. So that's kind of what I hear you're doing is that you're using your voice to help other people get to their voice. And even though, again, it hasn't necessarily been smooth sailing, that you're at where you're at now and it feels good and it sounds like you feel like you're in which you are. Because to me, when we're on our path, we're also inevitably helping others. So it's always a win-win. We feel fulfilled inside and we're helping others. So Monique, you're like amazing. So before we kind of wrap up here, it was so interesting talking to you. Like if if you were going to leave somebody with like, okay, if you're scared to to find your pur- to find your voice, to find your purpose, here's what I have in my whatever arsenal of suggestions um, that might help. Go. Okay. Um, first. Uh, I I want to talk about the breath, the breath and taking those deep belly breaths is one mm-hmm. of the most underestimated things that we do. OK, I this is the a- ABCs of magnetism. OK, OK. First, we adjust our thoughts. What are we thinking before mm-hmm. we're about to be seen or heard, whether we're speaking one to one or one to many? Mm-hmm. Are you thinking, oh, my God, I suck. Why would anybody listen to me? Who am I to be speaking? Right. Or are you filled with love and grind? If you're doing thought number one, you're in trouble. If you do thought exactly. number two, you'll be in a lot better shape. So go ahead. So one, you got to exactly. think about so love. Just your thoughts. Okay. And breathe. So when you breathe according to the laws of nature and you do that belly breathing, um, you know, that, that yogic breathing where you're with your abdomen expands to res- let's say i've read about us but go ahead <laughs> not a big yoga person but i believe in it though but go ahead and so it's 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 belly breathing so most of us are breathing from the chest up right, right. so we want to get down to when the belly we're allowing our body and our belly to expand for the inhale and gently fall back towards the spine for the exhale we're so. breathing and uh breath moves like water in waves. So you would never consider filling a glass midway, right? Right. Of course, that's silly. You fill from bottom to top. 
just like when we're breathing and we're only breathing from the chest up, we're not engaging our entire entire breathing. Okay. So we adjust our thoughts. We adjust the breath. We we breathe in a way that is the belly breathing, which activates the diaphragm and tells your nervous system that you are safe. Okay. That you take your safety with you. Okay, good. So, and when we're safe, then we're more in touch with whatever our truth is. So that sounds good. Exactly. And the third one is to connect to the part of you that is a natural magnet to those who need your expertise. So most of us are familiar with the law of attraction, but Mm -hmm. the law of vibration, which is the second universal law, talks about every single thing, every single idea, every single thing that you can touch, everything has its own vibration. Uh And when you can connect to the part of you that is vibrating at the highest level, you then create a magnet that attracts your ideal client. Right. Or I, and you become compelling and people can't wait to hear what you're about. To. Well, and it sounds like if you do those things, you know, um, adjust your thoughts, do the belly breathing, really be quiet and listen to your own inner thoughts. So whatever you're trying to, com- you know, get attracted to you is going to happen. So it sounds like good advice for anyone who's kind of struggling. Well, thank you so, so much, Monique. Those sound like all good advice. I always end every um, episode with a little quote that I pick out ahead of time. So this one was, because I knew it had, so this was going to talk a little bit about voice. So this, here it is. When the whole world is silent, even one voice becomes that much more powerful. And that's by Malaya Yusuf Fazi, you know, the young girl that was shot in the eye like years ago. And she's like, a promotes world peace. And she's like, amazing. So point yes. being is one voice. It just takes one voice. So let's use ours. So that's say, and you're reminding me of my pit, my quote that I usually end with, which is is very similar. It only takes one voice at the right pitch to start an avalanche. Oh, love it! Okay, because you and I are on, are connected and we're on the we same page. On the same page, and and I just want to just mention that I have a gift for your listeners and and they'll be in the program notes it's it's called uh, a voice of power assessment and it's live with me in person on zoom right and we are going to talk about your voice and how it supports you and your business wonderful and what a voice of power looks like in your life Oh, I can't wait to meet you. Monique McDonald, contact her. It's, it's it's magnetic. What's it called? Magnetic? The magnetic voice. The magnetic voice. Well, we can use a lot of those. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. We appreciate it. Lots of good words of wisdom and help people, again, if they're not on their purpose, getting on it. If they're already on it, staying on it. So with that, this is Janice Alpert. Um, thank you for listening to On Purpose. As I said, hopefully... You're not on your purpose. Um, you're getting there, and then when you do, you'll do it with purpose and on purpose. Until next time, bye bye. <laughs>